This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, then knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello and welcome to episode 81. Thank you so much for being here. Wow. Okay, so very early this morning was the eclipse. And, you know, I don't pretend to be an astrological expert. That's not really what this podcast is about, astrology. But what I do know is even if you're not into astrology whatsoever, I think it would be really arrogant to believe that how our planets move around us, how our environment is, doesn't have an effect on us energetically, right? So this eclipse happens last night or early this morning on the East Coast. And I don't know about you, but I totally have been feeling it. I feel like I have been digging into the depths of my own realizations, into the shadows of the things I haven't wanted to necessarily look at. It's been an excavation process for me for the past couple months, honestly. And it seemed to really be climaxing this weekend, culminating into this awakening I feel like I have had today, which is really funny because today is the day that I record the podcast. And this morning I woke up so heavy, so negatively spiraling. Actually, I woke up at 4.30 this morning. I always wake up really early. I wake up around 5, 5.30, 6. Um, but this morning I woke up at 4.30 and I knew that I needed to have a really deep spiritual practice this morning, which I did. And I I realized a lot of things. I realized that I have been holding back a lot in terms of loving myself, in terms of acknowledging the gifts that I've been given that are meant to share. I realized that I've been super self-critical and not been very grateful for the blessings that I have all around my life. And, you know, this happens, right? This is the path we have deeper understandings, we kind of get off the mark for a little bit, maybe we're not conscious of it. And then we have these shifts where we really, really see, okay, that's where I've been. And what do I have to do to get back on? And I just really realized that I need to step up my spiritual practice and connecting with my higher self even deeper. And I just wanted to share that with you because I think that sometimes we can get really comfortable in our spiritual practice in our connecting with our higher self in the things that we do. You know, I've been doing this for a long time. I feel like intellectually I know what's the right thing for me a lot of the times. And I think we don't necessarily acknowledge that when we feel less connected, it's because we're ready for another shift. We're ready to go even, even deeper. And what do I mean by deeper? I mean more conscious. I mean bringing in more awareness. I mean becoming even more of a witness. Because life seems to just be happening to us, right? We're at the center of gravity, like we are in ourselves and life's coming at us from all different directions. But when you go deeper into your consciousness and in your awareness, you see things from a bird's eye view. You can see the bigger picture. You can see that everyone on this planet is in a different stage of their own awakening to their own worth and and to their own inner light and their own love and their own higher self. We're all in a different stage of that. And when you take a step back into a deeper sense of awareness, a deeper consciousness, where you become even more conscious, You can see your blind spots. You can see the parts of you where you resist accepting yourself, where you resist 
loving yourself, where you still are super self-judgmental and critical, where you hold yourself back, where you don't believe that you have something to contribute, where you hold yourself back and you don't believe you're lovable for a certain reason, the places where you haven't forgiven yourself, the places where you've been too afraid to express yourself. And I'm telling you, we are in this world, living on this planet, in these human forms right now. And what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for in terms of loving ourselves completely? Are we waiting for somebody to give us a signal that says, oh, hey, oh, uh, now, now you can love yourself totally. Now you can fully accept yourself. Are we waiting for something to happen so that we can finally be like, okay, I'm enough? We are here right now, and right in this moment, we deserve to give ourselves all of that love, to truly say, I know that I'm enough. I know that I'm meant to be here right now. I know that I am loved. I know I'm a gift to this world. And I know that anybody else's limitations in realizing their own worth doesn't take away from me knowing mine. What other people choose to do because they are misguided, that doesn't mean I can't still stand strong and courageous in my own spirit and shine my light into the world to everybody. Nothing can take that away. I don't need permission to love. It's my truth, my truth. And I don't have to wait any longer to fully embody my worth, to know that I'm okay. I always have been. I'm beautiful. I don't have to put myself down to improve. I'm beautiful. I want everybody listening right now to whatever you're doing, just take a moment, put your hand on your heart and just say, I am so beautiful. I am so loved. I am a gift to this world. My spirit transcends this world. I'm here to help transform this world to love. And I'm not gonna hold back any longer. Okay. All right. Let's get to the questions. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Bunny, for everything that you do. You're amazing. And um, I know that you know that, but I just wanted to reiterate that. Um, I This voicemail might be long. I'm going to try and make it short. <laughs> Again, I know everyone says that, but um, I just feel like my mind and stuff, is just kind of all over the place and I kind of just need um, some assistance because uh, I feel like I'm not really getting that, I guess. Um, anyways, so I guess right now I just, I'm just really struggling just like mentally and emotionally. Like I'm just struggling because um, it's kind of like, just like, how do I say this? Like my core beliefs about myself are that I, truly believe in my heart and in my soul and in my brain that I'm not good enough and that I'm completely unlovable like completely like there's no there's no way to ever fix that um and I just always think that I'm always I've always thought that and I feel like I'm always going to think that and I feel like a lot of like my brain will use like a lot of things that people have done to me or um, things that hurt me really badly, like a lot of trauma that I've been to, or that I've been through, sorry. Um, my brain kind of uses that to kind of justify how I feel, right? To kind of reiterate these ideas or these feelings that I have about myself. Um, so I kind of feel like I, okay, like I'm going to therapy and, you know, I've read a lot of like self-help books. I listen to a lot of self-help podcasts, including yours. And I, um, I, I I have all these tools and I have all these kind of like ways that I can help myself, but I feel like they're not really working because I feel like a lot of my problems 
they're just so ingrained in me and kind of rooted in my brain and in my heart and stuff that it just makes it hard for me to kind of even have these tools and stuff. Like I go to therapy and all that and it just kind of feels like it's not, it's not working because it's like the pain that I have is just too great. Like it's just too big and it's too, um, it's too, um, powerful, I guess. It's like, it's just too heavy for me. Um, so like, I don't really know what to do to kind of change that because I feel like, like, it's weird because I feel like if I kind of change these thought patterns, like, I'm lying to myself and, like, I'm not being true to me and, like, I'm not being true to Hi, sweetheart. You got cut off, but I think I got the gist of your question. I totally understand how you feel. The thing is, our self-loathing and our negative thinking is going to get much, much louder when we start to build awareness of it, when we start to become conscious of it. And you are in therapy and you're looking at this stuff and you're noticing it and it's still not going away even though you're aware that it's happening and you're thinking to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why is it not going away? Oh, it must be true. No, it really must be true then that I'm not good enough because I keep thinking these thoughts. So I should believe it. But babe, you didn't put those thoughts in your head. That's your conditioning. That's the result of other people's choices. That's the result of your trauma. That's the result of the conditioning of this world. That's the result of learned hierarchical beliefs. When you were born, you were born knowing that you were whole and deserving of love. You didn't question whether or not you deserved care, that you deserved love. No. Instinctually, you knew that you were enough. But what happens is we become socialized by this world. We become socialized by a system of beliefs. This system of beliefs has been passed down generation by generation by generation and is the root cause of trauma and abuse. Because people have not been taught that they are worthy. And when you disempower people, they often do harmful things to feel empowered because they don't realize how to know their worth. And this is the sickness of the system that we have been brought up in, this belief system. And the path of being on your higher self isn't to completely be free of those thoughts, because we do live in this system and we, they are coming at us from all sides all of the time. It's to disidentify with those thoughts. It's to be like, hmm, I see that. I see where my negative thinking is happening right now. I'm aware that I feel pain right now. But that isn't who I am. That's the shit that I have to deal with. That's what I'm working with in this moment in my healing. But it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. It was really interesting that you said you're afraid to change those thoughts because you think you'd be lying to yourself. But it's the negativity, it's the conditioning that's telling you that if you change, then you'd be lying to yourself. Do you see how insidious that thinking is? It's trying to convince you to hold on because it knows that the more healing you do, the more you show up to therapy, the more self-work that you do, the less identified and the less you're going to need those thoughts and be attached to them. This is an ongoing life practice. And we're going to have seasons where this feels harder than other seasons. I just went through a season of it being really, really hard for me, like I explained in the intro of this episode. But our pain and our suffering isn't who we are. It would be like saying if you had an injury and you felt the pain from that injury when you did a certain sport or something like that. Like say that when you were a kid, you broke your leg. And so every time you went on a run, you felt the pain from that broken leg. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I'm kind of just reaching here. But you would know where that pain came from. You would know that that doesn't mean your body's broken or not functioning or not whole. It would just be this, the, the thing that you're working with. And how do you work with that? 
How do you remain healthy? How do you still exercise while knowing that this is something that you're also working with? And that's how our healing and our trauma manifest in our life. We first build awareness of why we're having those thoughts based on our past, based on the conditioning of our culture, based on the belief system, our learned hierarchical beliefs that we've all been raised in. And we build awareness around that so that we can question the thoughts when they come up so that we don't automatically believe them. Say, for example, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I look bad in this dress. I don't know. I'm, I'm just giving an example. I look bad in this dress. I look, I look horrible. The path of being on your higher self is saying, okay, I feel this way. I'm thinking this. But where is this thought coming from? Where did I pick this thought up? Is it coming from the Instagram models that I see on a daily basis? Is it coming from fat phobic culture? Is it coming from Eurocentric beauty standards? Is it coming from my mom when she told me that I didn't look good in a dress when I was eight years old? You know, is it coming from my ex who commented on how I looked before they broke up with me? You know, there's all of these moments in our lives where we've picked up this stuff because we live in a world where that's what's taught, that we need to be self-critical. We need to put ourselves down in order to get better because we're not enough. This is the message that is the whole entire reason why I'm doing this podcast, reason why I do this work is because I know exactly how you feel because this is what we're all going through. We're all building our awareness of this really messed up belief system of the world and wanting to transform that both in our personal lives and in our collective life. And the first step is saying to yourself, I understand that this is what I'm working with, but it doesn't define me. And the more I do this work, the more kind I am to myself, the less I judge myself for having those thoughts because, babe, you didn't put them in there. It's not your fault that you think that way about yourself. It's not your fault that you are in pain sometimes. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, hun. There's something wrong with the way this world works. And our radical transformation happens when we confront that belief system and say, you know what? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I'm not giving in. That's not being delusional. That's actually stepping into the truth. So you're doing everything right. You gotta be less hard on yourself during this process. You've gotta give yourself some patience, some compassion. This is a practice. But I promise you, the deeper you get into the path of your higher self, the more empowered you're going to feel to allow yourself to just be enough right now. Not some future moment when you don't have any negative thoughts. Not some future moment where your trauma never comes up. I mean right now. You're enough. We all are. So keep going. I'm right there with you. Wishing you all the best. Hello, Exo Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, an outsider's guide to loving yourself in a tough world is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, Bunny. My name is Isabel, and right now I'm a sophomore in high school, so I'm kind of like in the middle of a lot of stuff right now. And my question is about 
well, relationships and what I should do for my future. So my current boyfriend, we started dating at the beginning of uh, 2021, like a week after the new year. And it was, um, it wasn't too long after I had gotten out of, you know, a previous relationship. It was probably like a two week gap. And I thought I was jumping into it too soon, but then we got along really well and we connected immediately and it grew into something that felt like I had never thought I could have with anyone before and it was amazing and then um we decided to transfer schools together for more opportunities and once we started that in August it really started going downhill and by the end of the year last year in December I did find out that over the course of um transferring to new schools that he was cheating on me, but online, and he was meeting up with girls from his past and girls from the school, which didn't give me really a good public outlook to to other people. And I I wasn't really a shy person. I was still making friends and everything, but it just felt weird to have to walk around and know that people were looking at me in a way that he affected it. He affected me negatively and um, I held on to him because I really thought that it was something that I could fix and we broke up, we were on breaks and there were always other girls and I just never, never really knew how to really let go of him since I honestly do, do realize that I became very, very codependent on him and just recently, like a week ago, I started talking to him again, but I had shut him out and blocked him completely on all social medias and phone numbers and everything and was just trying to focus on myself and better myself because it was so much, just a big strain on me. Hi, Lenny. Sorry, it's Isabel, but it cut me off. I think I was talking for way too long, but um, I just don't know if um, my boyfriend right now, because we, we did break up and got back together so many times, and we're together right now, and What's different about this time is that we haven't told anyone that we are back together just to try and, like, keep that away from the public, from, you know, like, our friends and our family's opinions because they know what we've been through and things that we've done. And, you know, it usually causes a lot of drama and talk and mixed emotions when other people put give their input on it. And, not that we're trying to be criticized or avoid criticism from anybody. I understand that my family would want to protect me and his family would want to protect him, but we just tried to keep it on more of a private page between me and him. But I just, I, he promises that he, he'll change, that he'll be better, that he'll be better for me and I I know that that's something a lot of guys say and I just don't know if right now since I since me and him are only in high school if it's something that I should really be worrying about and I I know that I can't stay friends with him mainly because Every time I have tried to only be friends, like not friends with benefits or, you know, friends that are in a situation shift, but he is very aggressive and overprotective and quite crude, honestly, and treats me really badly because he can't have me. But I don't know I if this is somebody that I should take into my future, if it's something I should fight for and look at positively, or if it's something that 
has gone on for way too long because we started, I started dating him when I was 15 and I'm 17 now. And I've gone on, you know, this journey with him and it was so beautiful at first and it just, it, it's not in a good place anymore and it hasn't been in a good place for a long time. And I, I don't trust him and I don't look at him the same. So I just don't know if, uh, if it's a good decision or even really what decision. Hi, sweetheart. Thank you for your message. Um, I'm sorry that this has been difficult for you. High school is confusing enough on its own and having to navigate a hard relationship and being cheated on is no easy feat. So I am really feeling for you. I don't normally give such a black and white answer when somebody calls in and asks if they should stay in a relationship or not. But there's just so many red flags from your voicemail about this person that I'm actually really concerned for your emotional safety and for your own sense of confidence. It really, really bugged me when you said that the times you've just been friends with him, he didn't treat you right. He was controlling. It's not protective, babe. You're not a child. This whole idea of him needing to be protective, that is very much based in a patriarchal point of view in terms of somebody who is socialized as male needing to be a protector of somebody who socializes female. You can take care of yourself. You do not need him as a protector. And what happens is people mask control and needing to feel ownership over another person with protection. It really just shows that he is not in a point in his life where he is able to respect you and your autonomy and your feelings and your boundaries. And it's also a red flag that you don't feel like you can tell your friends or your family that you're back together. And the reason why that's a red flag is because you know that your friends and your family want the best for you and that they care about you and they don't want you to be with somebody who doesn't treat you right. So that need to keep it secret is really just you not wanting to necessarily own up to the fact that this isn't good for you. And I get it. I get it. You know, attachment is real. We form bonds with people. We love people. But what happens is when somebody hurts us, a lot of times we think we need love from that person in order to be okay, the person that hurt us. Because only if they love us and all of a sudden treat us right, will that hurt go away. Because it proves to you that he really did love you the whole time. We look for closure for our pain from the same person who caused us pain. But we can't get healing and closure from that person. We want it. I understand wanting it. But that's not how you get it. You get it from yourself. You get it from taking space from this relationship, from that situation, from that person that hurt you in order to heal that wound, in order to remember how worthy you are, how deserving you are of honesty, of respect, of kindness, of care, of tenderness. You have so many amazing years ahead of you, so many amazing relationships to look forward to, so many amazing experiences to look forward to. And this has taken so much of your energy for two years. You know, you really tried. You really, really tried because you're a lover. You have a big heart. But now it's time to redirect that love to yourself. Instinctually, you know that's true because you wouldn't have called in. Your higher self has been telling you something needs to change. This isn't good for you. Whenever people call in and ask if they should stay in a relationship, the first thing I think about is 
Is that relationship a space where that person can continue on their path of awakening and continue on their path of healing? Does that relationship support that path for the individual? And I am pretty positive that this relationship is not supportive of that. It was barely supportive of a friendship, a real friendship. So I really, really relate to what you're going through. I've said it on this podcast before. I was cheated on by somebody in high school. It really tore me up because I was really in love with that person. They meant so much to me. And this isn't about demonizing other people for making mistakes. This isn't about saying he's a bad person. People grow and learn at their own pace. He's on his own journey. What we're talking about here is what's going to enable you to continue on yours. And he's not it. He's not it. You're so intelligent, caring, thoughtful, sensitive, loving. Sometimes the greatest gift of a relationship is learning how to be in a better relationship with yourself. It shows you what you actually deserve. Okay, babe. So hang in there. Take the space that you need. Have fun with your friends. Be free. You just got a little bit of high school left, a couple of years. I want you to enjoy them. You deserve it. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Kara. You know what's cool about this podcast? What? That we get to help people and bring them together. Yeah, it's really, really cool. But we need help too, don't we? (laughs) Yeah, we do. I mean, everybody does, right? For access to bonus content and to help support this podcast, please become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash exo higher self. We couldn't do this work without you. Our Patreon and our subscribers are keeping this podcast sustainable. So don't forget to show your love. Everybody needs help and support. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Bunny. Um, I am a fairly new listener to your podcast, and I've never left a question before, but I wanted to just jump right in and ask you, have you ever dealt with being in a relationship and really caring for someone and them asking you for a break? Um, I recently have been in a relationship um, for over two years with um, my partner, And he asked me for a break. That was a week. We had previously been arguing very, very badly. Um, And there are some wounds that I can't get over that he has said to me. So he suggested that the best thing to do for us was to take a break and talk within a week. I not... I'm not coping very well with it because I feel very much like a breakup. And in my mind, I keep thinking, well, if he loved me, he can't be without me or he can't talk to me or he'll always want to keep contact with me or check on me at least. Um, But he hasn't. And I'm so anxious for that week to happen because I also feel like he is going to realize that maybe this isn't what he wants at the moment. And that almost feels very evil because I'd rather just, like, confront it and break up. Um, just so I can grieve the relationship and feel okay with being single or at least try to get accustomed to it. Um, in my heart, I keep hope that he doesn't break up with me after the week. And in my heart, I keep hope that he'll call me um, or at least text me or check in on me or say something. But the silence feels really evil. I'm currently working like nine to five, and it's easy not to think about him while I'm working. But then when I get home, I kind of like take off the mask and I realize like, man, I'm really, really sad this isn't working out between us. And I get the urge to call him and want to text him, but I don't know how to behave properly. 
I feel like he has an avoidant attachment style and I have an anxious or disorganized attachment style. And I just don't feel like the break is safe for me emotionally. And I also feel like he is not taking care of my emotions by asking for a break. Um, if you could give me any feedback on how you would deal with a break or how you view that situation. Hi, hon. I'm sorry that this is so hard for you. It's been so challenging. Relationships aren't easy. And I'm sure that this break is even more destabilizing for you because you were already fighting, things were not secure. And so now it feels really destabilizing that you're not going to be able to talk and get any kind of reassurance that you're together. And I get that. I totally get that. Especially if you're used to talking all the time, being together all the time, and then not being able to communicate while at the same time being unsure of your partner's feelings or if they're going to want to be with you at the end of the break or not. I, I, I get it, right? I, I totally get it. The thing is that our culture has a really unhealthy understanding of romantic love. If we paid attention to what happens in rom-coms and, and movies about love, there's all this messaging that is our partner completes us, right? And that's why we need to find a partner because we need to be complete. And when we're operating from that belief, we do become really, really attached. And anything that threatens that attachment even if it's breaking up for the right reasons, we avoid it because we'd rather just be together because that feels the safest thing. Even if a relationship is super toxic, even if we're being mistreated, the need to just have somebody there is so strong that we lose sight of what love really is in a relationship. Love does not mean staying together. Love sometimes means going your separate ways. Because if you really love somebody, then you don't want them to be in a situation that is unhealthy or toxic or harmful, where the two of you are not being your best selves, where you're not happy, just because you're too afraid to be alone. But this happens all of the time. It does. It happens all the time because we don't really know how to be in romantic relationships in a healthy way. Nobody's teaching us this stuff. It's not like we're in high school and, and people are saying, okay, like this is how you communicate to your partner. This is how you create an emotional safe space. This is how you make boundaries. This is how you make sure you stay independent and have your own life separate from your partners so that the two of you can feel like autonomous people. You know, we don't learn that stuff. Nobody teaches us that stuff. And so we have to learn from experience. And it is true that people have different attachment styles, but that doesn't mean that those are the rules and you're not flexible or you don't try to evolve from that. Our attachment styles, if you're talking about attachment theory, um, which I think is what you're referring to by the originated by psychologist John Bowlby, attachment theory is a theory that we form certain attachment styles based on how we were raised, based on the relationships with our parents, caregivers, how we were treated. But that just means that's what we're working with. That doesn't mean we can't evolve to create new ways of being in a relationship. That doesn't mean we don't heal those wounds. Because you're not in the past. You are an autonomous person. This is now. And a healthy relationship is not one where you need to be together all of the time. Separateness is healthy. It helps you see that person be on the role of just a partner that fulfills you. And when you don't have that separateness, when you don't have that independence from each other, when you don't have a healthy balance of that, yeah, there's going to be a lot of fighting because you're putting all of this pressure on the relationship to define you as a person, to make you whole, to dedicate your whole life to. It's like putting all of this weight on it. And over time, people get suffocated, including you, including you. So I understand because this relationship has had so much patterns of so much togetherness, him deciding to take a break for a week almost feels evil to you. It's such a betrayal. But that's because you're looking at it from one lens. And I want you to experience 
expand that lens to understand that love isn't ownership. It's not possession of another person. Love is allowing another person to be enough just for who they are. Whether that means you stay in a romantic partnership or not. So even though this break is going to be really difficult for you, I think it will actually be really enlightening for you as well. I think it will really help you understand and get some perspective for yourself about if this relationship is really working for you. But I don't think you should just break up with him for even wanting a break. I think you should really give a break a shot. The best part about being with somebody, being in a partnership with somebody who's different from us is they show us other ways of doing things. Your attachment style would probably not think of going on a break for a week because that drives you crazy. But his thinks it could be a good idea. And both of you are learning from each other. Ultimately, that's why you met, right? You met so that you can get more perspective on how to love yourself even more and accept yourself even more and not need that outside validation. A really loving, healthy, romantic relationship that is working is when you know you're together, but even if you weren't together, you would be okay. You would be okay. Only until you know that is being in the relationship truly a choice. I'm wishing you the best of luck. You got this, you can do this. You're going to be all right. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. Some context, I've been an addict for the last three years and have been clean six months. Yay, I'm very proud. But things are coming up for me that I never had an issue with before. I used to be confident in my sexuality, creative expression, and personality. But I can't tell if that was because I was using or if that was who I was. Since I've gotten sober, I've lost that side of myself. Who I liked but also had a lot of problems, but I miss her nonetheless. I used a whole lot of everything, poly drug user, and it really messed with my head. And considering I already had a lot of anxiety and depression before the drugs, it made it all worse. I'm in a great place now. My therapist preaches self-love constantly. I journal a lot and I'm mindful of being harsh on myself, but I often get flashbacks of delusions and psychosis I had when I was using these days. I am having fears I never had before, like doors being shut, using bathrooms without windows, and watching the news, things that seem so stupid to be scared of, but it can build up to an anxiety attack for me. I'm in a great place now, but I really want to find that part of myself again, the fun, crazy, outgoing part, without going back to that old toxic me, if that makes sense. These last few months, I've been dealing with a deep-rooted feeling from psychotic episodes that I'm separate from things, or my higher self. These beliefs I've had since early early childhood has left me being unable to enjoy things I used to, like I feel guilty about indulging in myself, watching movies, like liking music, even pleasing myself if you know what I mean. I've become a bit of a shut-in, scared of a lot of things, and sometimes I don't always trust the universe because it's hurt me in the past. I'm messaging you because I feel it I'm at a point with it now where I need to trust the universe, but I've had many horrible acid trips and psychosis. I feel it's hard. As I've been getting stronger at not believing this, I see angel numbers everywhere, at least six triple digits a day, sometimes up to 13. It's incredible, but I can't take that final leap of trust. Sometimes I just start shaking and feel sick for no reason from anxiety. The biggest thing I do each day is go to the gym which your podcast helps me get through. What can I do? I'm scared sometimes it's not all good, but I'm firmly with all my might trying to believe it is. This addiction left me with a lot of darkness and some days I barely get through. I guess I just want to know where to start. It gets very hard some days. Today was a good day. You released a new episode. I want to enjoy my music again and feel sexy in myself. I don't want to be so scared anymore of everything. I feel so weak, like I don't even recognize myself sometimes. How do I get my old self back without the things I stopped being her for? Sorry this is so long. I'd appreciate your opinion so, so much. Hello, sweetheart. Well, first of all, I want to say congratulations on six months sobriety. That is amazing. Amazing, babe. Wow, really inspiring, truly inspiring. And I just want to also remind you that your ability to stay sober and to make that choice and to get clean is a testament to the power of your connection with your higher self. 
And I know in your letter you said, oh, I don't often feel a connection. Well, what? who do you think got you through that? I mean, where do you think that power came from? It's very strong. Your connection is very, very strong. We sometimes get caught up in what we think confidence looks like or openness, courage looks like. It needs to look a certain way, maybe being outgoing or, you know, feeling super like free in in certain ways, like how you identified before. But at different times in our life, our courage looks different. Like right now, you writing this letter and being like, hey, I've been sober for six months and I'm doing great, but there's still some stuff that I want to change. Like that is courage. You building your self-awareness, you learning what's really going to make you happy, you wanting to find that joy and that pleasure and that trust in the universe. The universe, by the way, doesn't punish, okay? The universe didn't choose (laughs) the drugs that you took. You chose that. You chose that. Universe wasn't trying to punish you. The universe wants all good things for you. However, we live in a system a human system of the world where there's a lot of things that are not healthy and we go through really difficult things and we want to find soothing and coping mechanisms and that can end up being things that are self-destructive until we learn how to use healthy stuff to cope with the difficult shit. And that's what you're in the process with right now. You're having to learn how to cope with your anxiety and your fears without using. And it's only been six months, babe. Like it's only been six months. This anxiety and these fears that are coming up, that is really understandable. You've been emotionally stunting them for so long by using. And now you're really getting a glimpse. Okay, I have anxiety. I get panic attacks. I get sad. Now is not the time to try to figure out how to just get rid of that. Now is the time to actually feel it because you've spent so long avoiding feeling it, feeling the anxiety and learning from it. I know it's unpleasant. I know it sucks to feel difficult feelings, but feelings are information. They're there to teach you about yourself. Okay, I get shut doors make me anxious. What will calm me? Is it an affirmation? Is it meditation? Is it reading a spiritual book? Is it lighting some sage? It's wonderful that you're going to therapy. It's wonderful that you're journaling, but you're just going to have to continue to explore other ways of soothing that anxiety. And you can work on that with your therapist too. But I don't want you to think that just because you're feeling fear means there's something wrong. It doesn't mean there's something wrong. That part of you where you felt so free, so free with your sexuality, your creativity, when you were using, it's not as simple as that. Because at the same time you feeling free, you were imprisoned by the drugs, okay? So now your freedom has to come from somewhere else. Your courage has to come from somewhere else, somewhere deeper. And you're already plugging into that. You're already there. You're already on the path. But it's one step at a time. It's one step at a time. You might not feel courageous about your creativity right now, but I promise you keep going and you will. It's baby steps. You can't hold yourself up to this super high standard that not only are you needing to deal with all of the emotions you've been suppressing with drugs now coming to the surface, But you also should be totally outgoing about everything else in life. And as far as your connection to angel numbers and and feeling that stuff like, babe, that stuff, that's you just being plugged in. You are a very spiritual person. You are plugged in. And if there is one way I feel like it could help you maybe get closer to that creativity that you want to spark is to get deeper in that spiritual practice. Like get into it, get some new books, get some new cards. Maybe this is your calling, you know, really explore this part of yourself. This is the time. It's not anything to be afraid of. 
It's something to embrace about yourself. You can trust your magic. You can trust your divinity. You can trust your intuition. You can trust that wisdom from beyond. I am so proud of you. And I know that you're proud of yourself. I know that your higher self is super proud of you. And you're such an inspiration to all of us. You're an angel, babe. You saying angel in numbers because you're an angel. So just let that light shine. Keep shining. You cut this. Well, that wraps up episode 81. Before we go, I just want to read a lovely review from Apple Podcasts. Angels really are everywhere by Noodle Lou. Bunny and all the people who participate in this podcast remind me that my higher self is always within me. I feel so powerful and so at peace and so loved every time I listen. This community has helped me come home to myself and lay hold on an empowerment I didn't know I was missing. Give yourself the gift of listening. Oh, thank you so much, Noodle Lou. And thank you for leaving that review. Don't forget, please leave a review and rate us. It really helps us be seen. I also want to remind you of our monthly higher self readings on Zoom every last Saturday of the month. The next one is going to be on May 28th at 4 p.m. Eastern. These higher self readings, honestly, like the first one we had last month was so cute. What happened was I answered people's questions, but then we just shared together and it was amazing. And I feel like we're building this little community. So it's becoming like this little meetup group and I really, really like it. So if you want to take part, please, please, please sign up as an Angels or Miracles tier on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash XO Higher Self. This week, I really want us to be kind to ourselves, to empower ourselves with love and kindness and compassion. Actually, you know what I decided? I think we should do an affirmation, a group affirmation for this week. I'm going to be doing it too. I'm going to say it to myself as often as I can remember it. This week's group affirmation is going to be, I trust my own wisdom. I'll say it again. I trust my own wisdom. You are wise, very wise. You have the answer within yourself. So trust it. Trust the wisdom of love within you. I trust my own wisdom. All right? Yay! Okay, babes, I love you so much, and so does your higher self. I will see you next week. Bye! Exo Higher Self is recorded in Brooklyn, New York, hosted by me, Bunny Michael, produced by Kara Gilvey, with original music and sound mixing by Michael Bihari.